I've listened to people from Columbia University mm-hmm. uh, when they talk about the financial crisis. Apparently, there is a combination of arrogance and ignorance, even at the political elite and the intellectual elite. And sometimes we feel we know it all. And it's risky when people uh, feel that we know it all. Thomas this, Wall says exactly the same thing. This is the critical. I mean, when you feel that you, you get it all, that means it, it's, it is, there is an abyss, there is a crisis. So I think people were critiquing before the financial bubble in 2008 that there is, it's a bubble, it's, it, it will be a crash, the market will crash, mm. and people will not listen. I mean, as if there is a truck is, is going to, it will hit, will hit a wall, and people will say, well, we'll, 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 we'll wait, we'll wait. And apparently, um, this combination of arrogance and ignorance, it is very risky, complex for humanity. And now we're su- still suffering. I mean, during, during, during Trump, Trump time, and mm. um, uh, there was a big change of uh, policy in terms of climate change. and Cli- of, Yeah, coal was climate, coming back. Exactly, and uh, policies in the Middle East, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like in the larger picture. I'm, I'm fascinated. I mean, the Middle East, sadly, for the last what sixty years since um, it wasn't Reagan who came here. It was who said Kerry big st- walks speaks softly. Uh, since Roosevelt came yes. to Saudi in 1947, mm-hmm. that was the first real impact that we had from Western society in, in Saudi. Amazing. But uh, we only Bahrain only had the independence of the UK. What 1971. For the past 200 years, it was a British co- British colony or part of a British colony, yes, yes. and so we've we've always have have had a Western influence in a lot of scales. Well, well, even during Islamic civilization, there was always Western influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 you go to, uh, I've been to museums in Netherlands or in, in Germany. You you see that there is during Ottoman Empire, it was a lot of fusion, cultural fusion, mm. and part of the creativity and innovativeness is this th- cultural fusion. I mean, the moment that you, you became insular and you, you became isolated from other cultures, you will, you will die. Yeah, of course. But uh, how to find a balance between unity within diversity? So, uh, and even, even at the early Islamic civilization, uh, during Prophet Muhammad, السلام, when you look at Suhaib uh, al-Rumi, Salman al-Farisi, Abu Dhar al-Ghafari, Salman al-Farisi. So you had different people come from different cultures and they built a civilization. Mm-hmm that in 40 years they were able to face Romans and the Persian, <laughs> two empires. Mm. Alexander the Great went all the way to India. It's uh, amazing. Genghis uh, Khan had an empire that crossed it, all of Asia. It's amazing. No, I, I, I mean, people, people just, and so they were able to absorb all cultures. I mean, so I think um, the Arab mentality has a huge potential. I remember even studying in graduate school, mm. looking at German, Japanese, all cultures, you can see the brightest are basically coming from the Middle East. Mm. But the pro- as individuals, the problem is the when you p- they lack institutions or they lack the ecosystem. So when they come back, they, they got stuck. There's no retention. Yes, they got stuck. There is no ecosystem. You can bring the best palm tree from Medina, mm. but there is no s- uh, appropriate soil. <laughs> yeah. If you put it in Or Yemen. caretaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it will die. It's the best pal- palm tree. So our parliamentary need need an ecosystem. So that, that that's the, the key message. Well, this is a, this is a larger factor. We're we're almost what is it? Eight out of the ten banks in the world. Uh, t- ten out, eight out of the ten biggest banks in the world are, are headquartered in America. Uh, brain drain is occurring in almost every every place on the planet. Even the smartest Chinese go where? Go to America, right? Yes. And it's it's. How do we get them back is a big issue. You know, somebody who leaves from UAE, Saudi, not or whatever. Really, not really now. It used to be, it used to be in the past. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. But now, with the ICT, with the Zoom, with the, with the virtual reality, with the, now geography has no meaning. Interesting. Absolutely. Okay. So there is a brain regain. Mm-hmm. If you are in Germany or Netherlands or Fiji, mm-hmm. I don't care because your talent can be communicated mm-hmm. through many, many, many ways. But don't you feel you need to have on-site though people? Not really, not really. You need you need to have a critical mass of people. But now diaspora, uh, Lebanese and many other ethnic minorities living abroad, uh, they were able to support their families back home, rega- uh, the, the developing world, by being in diaspora. Sometimes diaspora can be useful. Interesting. Because you have a distance, you have a strategic distance to see yourself 
in a more objective manner. And you're not drinking the Kool-Aid either. Absol- exactly. Right? Exactly. And sometimes you, you are more objective and you feel you, you have more ability to contribute to others. Mm. And sometimes we say in Arabic, لِقُرْبِهِ لَمْ أُبْصُرُهُ MashaAllah. You know what this means? No idea. I know kulaka and baka. It says it says it's too close that I can't see it. I cannot see the forest or the trees because in front of my sight. Exactly. Mm. It's too close, I can't see, I see it. it. So if I tell you that well, look at this, sometimes <laughs> we are too too attached to our issues that we can't see it. So if we can't see it, we cannot resolve it. If we can't resolve it, we cannot manage it. And that we are stuck. Sometimes you need this strategic distance in diaspora. So mm. I think part of reformation and e- even during, during European enlightenment, there was a lot of thinkers and philosophers going to Switzerland or Germany or Austria, escaping the, the church, <laughs> exactly. of course. <laughs> yes. they, need a st- they need to escape. Uh, to, in order to be able to voice their their um, anyway, I, I think I remember that three things that, that enable societies to flourish. One is you have to have the mindset of an artisan. Mm-hmm. You need to have to live to live a legacy. You have to plan to live a legacy. I think when you reach a stage that you feel that time passes very quickly, the value of time. Mm. And unless there is a purposeful intention to create something, it could be an art, it could be anything, uh, that we leave a legacy. And uh, that's part of our human longing. It's unbelievable. You're speaking exactly of Marcus Aurelius. He said, you know, a society turns great when, when, when people plant trees, they know they will never enjoy the shade. Exactly, it's absolutely. In Arabic, we say, mm-hmm. Okay, we, we, what we give up to eat is what we what what others get then to eat. Exactly. Our grandparents plant a palm tree, a tree, but they did not eat from it. We, mm. we ate from it, and we'll plant for other people. People, yeah. So this is part of um, cultivation. Part of, part of the challenge of, of consumerism or market market economy is that this drive for instant gratification, instant happiness, and instant. Um, Return. Return. And it's very risky because sometimes because it's, it's what is it, it was, what's in it for me. Mm. And we forget uh, the idea of adding value to life. Uh, your value is not but of what you consume or the brand, but rather of what can you contribute to humanity. Again, there's a very interesting book. I'll share it with you. And it's called um, Powers of... Uh, what was it? Powers the, of... The Power of Now? or No, Power of Seduction. Okay. And in the book itself, it talks about how prior to the 16th century, the, the idea of being affluent, wealthy was, was not something that people liked. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, flaunting wealth or anything like that was looked down upon Absolutely. and it was a feminine trait exactly. and not something that males would do. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And, and happiness, happiness was not associated with income. Yes, yes. Content, being content is to have your family around. We call it now the um, global happiness index. Mm. Global happiness index is not measured by money. Mm. But rather, it's about social connection. It's about the sense of belonging. Mm. It's not the amount of your belongings, but rather your sense of belonging. I think uh, the value of time, you know, uh, we teach our students how we are unable to learn from nature. We call biomimicry. Mm. Mm-hmm. We don't learn from palm tree. In Quran, there is a story that you are not learning from you know, a certain ant or the bee or the crowl or the birds. And there is a di- what we call it naturalistic intelligence. There is a move, there is a drive uh, for the human mind to be directed towards learning from nature. Nature, absolutely, very, very clearly, uh, even from the cosmos. Mm. That even e- even the the moon has different faces, and it moves. And Fibonacci uh, sequence. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and and it, it's what's interesting is that sometimes we forget that part of our ecological amnesia, and but w- part of what, what I call nature deficit disorder. Mm, mm. Uh, we, we suffer from nature deficit disorder mm. or ecological amnesia. Um, 
even if you look at the oyster, um, how Pir is, is, you know, this is the land of Pir, right? Lolo. Mm. Mm. How Pir is formed? From, uh, from a crystallization process? From a sand. Oh, really? I thought yes, it was a crystallization no, a process sand. from a biomass. A sand, it's inflammation. An oyster, when, when it has a sand, yeah. it tries to protect it because it's, it's, it, it, it is a problem. It's a, an external body. Oh, fantastic. It transfers a risk into a Pir. To fantastic, others. fantastic. But a pearl in itself is 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 a sand. Is a sand. It's yeah. a sand. It's 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 an, it, it causes inflammation. Inflammation to, to the oyster. Exactly. One way the oyster tries to overcome this risk. Spill it. Yeah. Spill it is to to make a pearl. Fantastic. And the question that I'm trying to to tell our students: Okay, if if the oyster is creating pearl for us, what are we creating for others? Mm, 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 mm. And in many cases, uh, I remember in Switzerland, I had a nice uh, training leadership wor workshop in my ex-work as a regional director. And a lady, a Swiss lady came and her, the company name, uh, the logo for her company name is Swim Upstream. Mm. I like that. I like Swim that. Swim Upstream. It's like salmon. I have, I have exactly yeah. salmon. And the, she, the logo of her card is a fish going upstream. That's nice. And you know the salmon, how, how the idea. If the salmon does not swim upstream, it will die. Mm. Mm. Because it's about reproduction. But because it lays its eggs and, exactly. and it just spills and its sperm upstream. And that applies to, it's an interesting lesson for us. If, if we go with the flow and we don't basically um, face challenges and try to excel and... And return to where we were And we, we will not, we have to swim upstream in many cases. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is it? Like 70% uh, of the world population die within 10 kilometers of where they're born, something exactly. like that, exactly. right? Exactly. So, so th there, exactly. Is a, there, uh, there is a homing beak in our body telling Absolutely. us. But, but it, at any case, Shafi'i, Shafi'i is, is one of the um, biggest writer of hadith. Mm. And he's a, he used to be a poet. Mm. And he said, if I don't go to hadith, I'll be a poet. And, he, and he's, he's very bright. He says... In Arabic, إني رأيت ركود الماء يفسده. إن صار طابو إن مصر لم يطبي. He said, I'm seeing water. If it stands still, it will be polluted. It will have algae. If it moves, it will have it will have the purifying power. And seventy percent of our body is water. And so, if you're having, if we stay the same mindset, will be algae, will be swamp, static, will be a wetland, will not be a river. What do they say? The worst thing other than smoking is, is sitting still. Exactly. And that's something. <laughs> and we do that on hours on end. Exactly. So do you not feel also from the perspective of human conditioning of what has occurred in the last hundred years, we went from a very mobile society that was constantly on the move to now being a very sedentary society? I mean, it's a And they have no problem. But if you, if you take a younger guy there and he goes after 20 minutes, like, خلاص, أموت, ما أقدر. I think, I, I, I've been to Senegal in Dakar. I, 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 I was fascinated to see that people are very slim mm -hmm. in Dakar. Mm -hmm. I, I was wondering, he said, well, part of the culture is to run around the beach, like Lebanon. Lebanon, you, it's, it's very natural in Lebanon to walk around the beach. People are very dynamic. Very, they, it's a very vital, uh, 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 vibrant culture. That's, that's very true. I, th I think part of the uh, oil syndrome and the uh, uh, people feel that rest or luxury is, 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 is to stay. And this part of luxury. I mean, they feel to, if you exert effort, that means it's... Yeah, you're bad. Uh, yeah, that, that's uh, just relax. I mean, why, why bother? خلاص اجلس وين قاعد؟ لا also, technology is I mean, making us very lazy. I mean, you, if in the past you have to walk to, to fix the TV, now you have the car. Oh, it's, the, the technology is making us very dependent on... Um, well, we, we have a statistic we bring up a lot, which is, Dan, can you type it in again? Um, it is that high schoolers today have the same anxiety level as mental, as asylum patients in the 1950s. Wow. And wow. that's because of lack of human connection. Amazing. It's, Amazing. it's scary to think about. Amazing. 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 Wait, there you go. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It's, it's, and that's because, you know, if you, if you ask a general 20 year old, they don't have more than one friend. Amazing. Sure. Absolutely. But I think, I think 
in terms of the empathy, the human empathy, what, what we feel that as well, I remember education can be a source either colonization or decolonization. Absolutely. And I, I met Nelson Mandela in uh, 2015. Oh, wow. Yes, I have a photo with him. And we talked about uh, um, the idea of decolonization, mm. decolonizing the mind. You cannot liberate a society unless you decolonize the mind. Mm. Mm. And uh, that's what India is going through right now. Exactly. Exactly. I think um, still, I think uh, the Arab world, still we are at the early stage of... Um, we have too many disappointments. Disappointments from um, the political system, disappointments from the culture, etc., etc. But still, the idea of emancipation, human emancipation, and the being looking f of who we are, what do we stand for, and we what's our huge, mark in history? Yes, we have. I mean, we have a huge responsibility. I think when you look at the American um, Declaration, the institute, the Constitution. You feel that the fathers, the founders, were transformative and enlightened, uh, responsible people, responsible leaders. And uh, we have we have very good people, I think, in the Arab world. But still, maybe perhaps the conditions are not um, appropriate for. It's it's not easy. It's not easy because I mean you know you, what you need really it's it's hard because. You, you ideally want a place like China where, where corruption is, is stumped out at every level, right? But then you also are, are left with, with the people state or the People Republic of China where, where, <laughs> where you don't know what the party is up to, right? And in the US, you have a lot of corruption, obviously, but state officials. And here in the Middle East, you, you have a lot of wealth at the 0.1%, but not a lot of innovation in house, right? Well, I think, I think there, there are always... Uh, Opportunities for hope. If we plant seeds for hope, mm. um, I can see people again the diaspora getting away from from your um, comfort zone, from your uh, little geography. It brings new new perspective of the power of now and the power the power of networks and the power of uh, good education. Mm. I think part part of our challenge is the um, static uh, stagnant models of education. Mm -hmm. which is based on spoon feeding, no, no critical thinking, and no... Uh, Memorization is more important no critical, than... Exactly, no, 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 uh, the no analytic. So, uh, that, that's very critical. And I think par part of the challenge is that how we you can inject a new uh, notions, ideas, and inspiration for those people to, to see um, the big picture. Well, you, ha you have larger issues. I mean, I agree with you that education is a big, big component in order for the younger generation. But even right now, I mean, w like Tamkin came up to me and, and said, hey, you know what, why aren't you hiring more Bahrainis? I would say mm -hmm. I'd love to, but the level of education isn't there. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I, I would if I could. <laughs> and and from, from the other side is when, when like contracts are going out and stuff like that, uh, I asked them, hey, what's going on with this or this? And they said, well, we decided for an American company. I was like, that's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> you're not putting money then into the country. You're taking money out of the country, which... It's counterproductive. It's exactly. Con it's counterproductive. Exactly. Anyway, I think, I, I think many, many scholars wrote about the um, structure of the Arab mindset. Mm -hmm. the, the, how the, it's structured. And part of the structure is underpinned. It's founded on what we call tribe, tribe, and the idea of spoil. Mm. Because of the mentality of it's just to take without merit. So I think now we, we need to change this type of, for tribe, you need to have institutions, and for spoil, you need to have equity and governance and merit, merit system. And it takes, it takes a journey, a, a journey for emancipation. It, it, it's not a quick, there's no quick fix. There's of no course. technical fix. Of course. So it's a journey of um, knowing self. Uh, uh, there's a lot of consciousness and conscious evolution. Who we are, what do we stand for? And uh, what I'm seeing now, if, if you look at the global agenda, there is, um, I think, a need for a balance of spirituality to the sustainable debate. Mm. And, There is a lot of, and as you can see, that the economic system is failing people, failing nature, and and in many cases, the cultural dimension or the value-based um, and spirituality is, is being missed, um, uh, missing in, in now. 
and part of our social DNA, uh, we are created from soul and matter. Mm. Uh, unless there is a balance between uh, mind and soul, soul and matter, Islam is found in something called oneness, Tawheed. Mm-hmm. Tawheed is not only with oneness of God, but rather oneness of social sciences and natural sciences. Mm. Oneness of our origin and destination, because this is a time frame. Mm. Oneness between art and science. There is fusion between art and science. There's no separation. Oneness even between the idea of gender, the gender debate about man and woman, who, who are we and... Uh, uh, the issue, the, the, now, I think the West is going into a lot of what we call social relativism. And uh, without wahi, without the idea of um, overarching ethics and values, there is a risk for the sustainability of the human civilization. Not only the sustainability of uh, species, but the sustainability of human civilization. Mm. And I think uh, this part of the world, this is a land of spirituality. Mm. from Damascus to Morocco to Egypt to Iraq to the Gulf. It is a land of spirituality. All prophets came from this, this land, from Abraham, from Iraq or mm. Egypt or, or Palestine. So I, I think, uh, and Mecca. Mm. Um, and I think um, getting inspiration from both the rational imperative of religion and also the spiritual dimension. Sometimes people look at religion as only purely mystical which is uh, not true. You need also to look at the rational imperative. Even the journey uh, of Hijrah mm. from Mecca to Medina, uh, refugee, mm. when, when the Prophet moved from Mecca to Medina, he used the strategic planning. All, all ideas of defining a goal, look at alternatives, allocate resources, very rational imperative. So do you believe that Islam, as, as a participant, you, you see it as a collective view, or, or, or is it an individual view? Both. You think so, yeah? Yes, absolutely. It, it, it has two realms. Yeah. It has two realms. Because there's a lot of Muslims who just listen to whatever the imam says, and then that's it. And they never read the that's Quran. A that's a problem. My kids, I have this problem. Absolutely. So, so there is... Yeah, there's a problem. There's the, a problem. There is an issue a with problem, that. A problem, part of the Western hegemony. Mm-hmm. This intellectual hegemony, because we lost our indigenous authentic uh, story and narrative. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and uh, analytical thinking analytical as well. Thinking, exactly. <laughs> that's a big issue. Exactly. Because you're happy just listening to whatever their mom and that's part it. Part of what intellectual hegemony is that, well, you look at the powerful. Who's the powerful? It's the U.S. So follow, follow what, do what the, what the, uh, the other is doing. So I think now there is a lot of uh, um, regaining our consciousness and regaining our social DNA or identity, who we are. And there is, I mean, also feeling prou- proud of the, what, you, what, what we have. Mm. Mm. I mean, uh, I look at, uh, for instance, at uh, social innovation and what we call um, rational imperatives and reasoning. And even the Prophet, when he talks about cultivation and of palm trees in Medina, mm. he told some people t- uh, to do cross-fertilization. Or he said, why you do it? He said, why don't you do it? Just stop, stop it. Mm. And it didn't work. And uh, the, the, the trees, uh, the palm trees uh, died. Withered. Yeah. So what did he say? Well, you, you know better, you know what's better for, for you. Mm. So I think my understanding now, when we, do, when, when, uh, we celebrate failures, a part of experimentation and reasoning is to look at what we call zero options and zero alternative and do nothing alternative and, and examine it. Mm. And the conclusion was, Antum mm. you know better what's good for you. you. So, but you need to try it. You, you, yeah, I mean, the idea is you shouldn't listen even to the prophet for meti- for the domain of experimentation, not sure. spiritual. Sure. So try it. Sure. I, so, uh, so I look at, at, at the story of the tree as an open innovation lab, a social innovation lab. Missing in all of human society, not exactly. just, not just, just in the Middle East. You know what's tree. good for you. So the broader notion is try it. If it fails, just you, uh, you adapt you, you, and you adjust. Because on this, on, on just I wanted to add the piece about with the with when we're talking about the West. I think one of the reasons why it's 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 heading downhill. We, Akash can drive you home. Uh, just let me know how how much time you have. Well, uh, well, I prefer to leave around um, five thirty-six. Yeah, we can do that. Five thirty-six. Yeah, can you put that in clock? Five thirty-six.
Perfect. Oh, no, 5.30. I mean, 5.30. 5.30. 530. Because I was just going to add, uh, I think one of the failures that we see is in the U.S. and the downhill approach to it is the, is the, is the loss of trust in institutions. Yes. And as a human society, maybe not an individual basis, you can believe what you want to believe, you can do what you want to do, <laughs> but as a society, you need to have trust with 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 your with with the institutions, be it medical, be it WHO. <coughs> Absolutely. If Absolutely. if those if those things are corrupt, then it's a collapse. Collapse. Good night. Absolutely. Right. If the World Economic Bank and you don't trust what they're doing, <laughs> then that's it. The same with the IFM. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's an interesting literature about a called a book, well-known book by Diamond called Collapse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You've maybe read mm -hmm. it. And the idea of collapse is that when people rely on one um, source of economy, there's no diversification of the economy, it's, it'll be very, very fragile, very vulnerable to collapse. Mm -hmm. So he looks at the Maya and the Aztec, and they were uh, depending on one, 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 one uh, source of food security. One, and when there was a climate change, the entire civilization collapsed. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting, in, 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 in literature, in economics, we talk about the Dutch disease. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Dutch used to be dependent on oil, mm. and as a result of that, uh, they were unable to sustain a thriving economy and it Empire. Yeah. And Libya, Libya is a good example. And Libya is a rich country. They were just uh, they have a sea. They have two thousand kilometers of sea. Mm. Uh, they and the Europe is their neighbor. They were not able to invest in tourism or agriculture or whatever. But again, governance, good governance. Ibn Khaldun uh, um, talks about the cycle of civilization and the early uh, 12th century. And uh, he's, he was an immigrant. He lives in, 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 uh, in Spain, in Andalus. And then he moved to Syria, Egypt. And uh, he faced the uh, uh, Western invasion from uh, Mongol. Mm. Uh, Ibn Khaldun wrote interesting book about his Muqaddimah, Muqaddim Ibn Khaldun, about there is a social cause for luxury. Mm, mm. You can have luxury, but there's a social cost. Mm. And he, he, he talks about the value, the, the significance of good governance and good morality to sustain a civilization. So it's a combination of rational imperative, I mean, good, good wealth, you need wealth, you need uh, natural resources and human capital, but also there is the, more, the spiritual dimension, the value, the value dimension in order to sustain a society. I think part of the challenge in, in, in this part of the world is that still we are not able to reconcile change and modernity mm -hmm. um, and to reconcile unity within diversity. That I think maybe the younger generation in your age now, they are more open-minded because I think this also the cultural fusion having uh, being exposed to both cultures, it brings different dimensions to uh, the mindset, the Arab mindset, which is which is very promising, I, I believe. I, I mean, I don't I don't want to look like you know guy who says you know half empty kind of glass kind of guy, not being pessimistic or anything. But I, I feel like especially the GCC, we are so far behind in a lot of areas. Mm. I mean, especially if we're talking about from the entertainment industry, you know, uh, China has their own productions, uh, India has their changing. own productions. It's changing. It's well, changing. Like, we had it. We had it in Egypt. Yes. Remember, we yeah. had it in the in the 70s, we had it in the 60s, so. and then it all ah. so. And then now we're we're stuck in a situation where most of the media that we're we're consuming is American, <laughs> and then we're wondering why everyone wants to drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> because it's for the wider again, audience. Again, again, that, that that's very critical. But I think there should be. I mean, I mean, I view myself as a global citizen. Mm. I mean, it's it's good to have more than one language. I mean, I, I wish I, I speak. Five, five or seven languages, I think, to, in order to communicate, to be, to understand the others, and to be understood. I agree. That, that, that that's crucial to be a global citizen, I think, and part of having the civilizing power of of the, this part of the world. But again, um, I mean, it, the solution is not either or; it's both and. Mm. So I think we need we need we need to be broader minded and to see to see how we can harness the power of now, the and the power of now, and the power of networks. And the power of perspective, how we can see different perspectives with the, with the, with the shift in technology, with the shifts. Um, I mean, I mean, when, when we, I mean, the essence of this part of the world is was, what was the um, pivot point for hum humanity, for human civilization. Mm. Again, from Iraq, Syria, Egypt, 
Uh, everyone came from Mac Africa over exactly. 200,000 or maybe I think, I think uh, years now ago. regaining regaining this confidence <coughs> regaining this um, I mean you can have AI you can you can go to the space but still you need the human empathy to balance technology mm. Mm. so I think uh, we, ne we need to know our value <laughs> and not what we call uh, in Arabic we should not go into the cave of الضب. You know what's الضب? Mm. Um, it means generally loneliness, لا? الضب هو the big rat, like a big rat. It goes into a, a hole in the desert, in, in this sand. Oh, حق ال حق الانيمال. اي بالضبط. اي الضبة. الضبة. اي اوه ماي جاد اي هافنت ثوت اباوت ذات ان 20 ييرز. الضبة. الضبة. In the prophet hadith it says you will go into you will follow the ضب and go into the hole of the ضبة. Mm. He mm. said who are they? يعني like Chris he said yes you will follow you will follow them like going to the hole so we we need to be mindful and aware we will not go in the same hole absolutely so absolutely. we need to sit back and say oh where are we heading absolutely and this type of whether it's AI machine digital digital transformation uh, for, uh, technology is fine we we have we have it's it's a reality but again balancing technology with values ethics morality is critical. So moving into what we call not only a mission economy, but a moral economy. Well, let me ask you, do you I mean, we, we, well, I'll ask you this question then. Do you not feel that ethics is, is holds back science? Not really. Interesting. Not really. Actually, it, it, it's, it's a balancing factor. Actually, when you even when you talk about environmental regulations. Sure. When you have environmental regulations, you are not controlling technology or controlling Slowing systems. down, I'm saying. Not really, but you yeah. are trying to regulate in order to, have, to, to, to be sustainable. Interesting. So you don't believe in the actually even in in the business model uh, when you in Porter Porter model, there is, is research which says environmental regulations on factories it brings more innovation. Do you not feel that Milton Friedman's idea of open markets and letting the letting companies finally decide on consumers is the fastest way to ensure, or do you think that's well, a downward spiral? <laughs> well, I think I think. I think people are realizing after COVID-19 that there is a cost for globalization. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it, it can be very risky. And uh, there, is, there is nothing called somewhere else. Mm -hmm. you, cannot, you cannot throw your waste somewhere else. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there, there is waste, there is pollution. But at the end of the day, there is supply chains. And at the end, at the end of the day, you need to minimize the uh, distance between, for your supply chains. You need to localize your supply chains in order to to be resilient. Think about what's happening now in Ukraine. Ukraine. The U.S. with security, medicines. Food security, supply, any. So people are realizing. Um, it's not so good to have all your eggs in one basket. Exactly, exactly, exactly. No, I, I agree it's with the you. Complementarity. I, th I think the complementarity. And also, again, the type of consumerism. I mean, do we need, I mean, the, our lifestyle, our <coughs> way of consumption, it's not sustainable. Mm. Mm. Because again, we are following the the American dream. Mm. And uh, there's interesting book which is called The Overworked American, mm. uh, which says basically part of the American dream is convincing the ordinary consumer that if you buy now, you uh, pay now and pay, pay, pay buy now, now and pay, pay later. later. And you end up with accumulating more goods. But the paradox is that you have more goods, but not not in sufficient time to enjoy your goods. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it's very paradoxical. And the debt carries you forward to, to eternity. Exactly. I agree. It is very paradoxical. So you have all the, all the stuff, but there is no time to enjoy all, all, all the things that you accumulated. So it's very, very, very controversial. And even the, the correlation, the relation between happiness and wealth, there's a certain threshold that even if your wealth increases, happiness will not increase. $40,000 yes. is about that. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so what? Yeah. It's, so, it, uh, I mean, it, it'll be basically you are more consuming more, more goods. And anyway, I, I think uh, re redefining progress and redefining happiness, redefining what constitutes good life. We call it When I look at literature in Surah Al-Nahl, mm. Surah Al-Nahl is very fascinating uh, surah in Quran. Which talks about uh, anyone from male or female who um, does good deed, he will live a good life. Mm. Mm. So it's a condition. If you do good, you will have a good life. Very karmic. 
Exactly. But when you look at the definition of what constitutes a good life, it's not about money accumulation. It's about being content. Because we spoke about this earlier. I agree with you. But that, uh, for people to, to understand what content is, is a very difficult process. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, 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 it takes a lot of consciousness and a lot of... For a teenager, it's, consume, it's car. It's, a it's car. impossible, yeah. It's a fast car. It's a beautiful girl. It's whatever. But it takes a lot of consciousness, a lot of maturity to reach, well, does it, does it really matter? Is that it? Well, or Eureka moment. I'm reaching this Eureka moment. Wajettuha. Mm. Eureka moment. Oh, I got it. Now, now I see it. Sometimes it takes people till 40 or 60 till they reach this Eureka moment. Parpa bidium in, in yes. Latin. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But I, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, you can look again in, in places like Paris, where, where institutions, again, we talked about this, but uh, where, where local populations are attacking tourists. And when asked why are you attacking them, they said, well, they have a nice handbag. I don't have a nice handbag. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, I, you're like, that. well, that's that's not really a reason, yeah, is seen, it? I've seen that people were shoot, well, uh, throwing stones in some countries uh, to uh, a train, mm. go uh, to the tourist train, and the reason why why shouldn't have we have access to this train? We didn't need to drive to to to, to have a ride. We, we can't afford to, to have a ride. Again, again, there's a lot of marginalization and polarization between the have and the have nots. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's p- part of the challenge. <laughs> but I mean the Gino coefficient. If you look at like at a global scale, the more capitalistic a country is, generally your 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 income goes up, your life standards yes. go up. In the yes. span of ten years, very few people you know are at the very bottom of the income level, yes. right? Yes. And and there leads to a di- bigger question, which if you look again at the U.S. because that's where most of the data sets are, are produced, um, what is it like like ten percent of the population? is unemployable, meaning that the military will not employ you mm. at any level. So if the military is not even willing to have you on, the, on, on team, how are you going to be able to find any kind of job? But unemployment level is like 7 million. So somehow these 22 million people are finding jobs. Very drastic. Yeah. Very drastic. It's fascinating, these data sets. Absolutely. Do you see that here coming in the Middle East? Do you see that... that do you think it's more the responsibility of larger businesses to, to, to innovate and bring more daughter companies? Or do you think it's from local entrepreneurs that need to be pushed? Well, we define innovation as a symbiosis between bees and trees. Mm-hmm. So this relationship between bees and trees, trees are the big corporates, Aramco, Jebek, Babco, Alba, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the bees is basically SMEs, small, small and medium enterprises. And finding the synergy and the uh, conditions for this symbiosis between bees and trees is a critical for, for, for innovation. I believe, uh, I, I like the story of, I usually refer to the, what, what, what I call the historical memory. Any mm. civilization, if, she, if, if they are eager, they aspire to have a revival and enlightenment, they need, you need to have a, a historical memory. You need to have the written word. Absolutely. So I look at the Medina model, Medina model, when, when the Prophet migrated from Mecca to Medina and established a social contract. Mm. You need a new social contract. And part of the social contract is a sharing economy. Now people talk in SDGs and UN about circular or sharing economy. Mm. The Medina model was based on sharing economy. People were sharing resources, wealth, uh, real estate, etc., uh, land. <coughs> and also, um, one entrepreneur, he said, well, I don't want to share anything. I don't want to take anything. Abdul Rahman bin Auf. He said, okay. no, I don't want. I don't want money. I want the ecosystem. Mm. He said, show me the market. Mm. People are, some people have this type of uh, streetwise uh, genius that if they go to the market, they know the demand. They can't, they can't, they have, they can't smell the money. They can't smell the money. Mm. I um, said, no, no, just show me the market. And he became a millionaire. Uh, but he has the merchants. <laughs> he said, just show me the market. Just put me in the right ecosystem. Which is, uh, so I, I, I refer to Abdul Rahman bin Auf, mm. one of the Sahaba, as an entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He refused to take money from Tamkin or whatever. There was, mm. was no Tamkin. He refused to. Uh, he said, just, just put me in the right. So he was able to see the What are people the buying? What are people selling? Exactly. And, exactly. and, and, and to make create, create, create value, which is interesting. So I think what, what matters, I think, the role of the government is not only to fix market, to put band aid. 
the role of the government is to set the direction of the markets. Mm. That's what I am fascinated with the work of um, an economist in uh, College of London. We, she writes about a mission economy. If you look at her work, mm. she, she argues that the um, American um, enlightenment, the American uh, reformation, the American progress in technology was founded on the idea of mission economy when Kennedy in the early 60s decided that he want to land man on the moon. <laughs> and people were coming, to, going to streets, protesting, saying, well, we need education, health, uh, how moon is something imaginary. That's in the early 60s. What's interestingly enough now, when people look at, in hindsight, the outcome of Sitting man on the moon was basically you have nanotechnology, integrated circuits, microwaves, solar energy, thank you, um, you name it. But it wasn't based on a sectoral view, but rather more collective intersectoral mission. Interesting. So it's a mission economy. Exactly. So the role of a government is not just to fix a it's certain sector. It's to set targets. It's to set targets. Interesting. Not a band-aid. The role of a government is not to set band-aid for women, youth, or sector, or agriculture. It's to set global targets, and all sectors need, need to have a program. Mm. And I think this is interesting to, 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 to look at it from a, a more holistic approach. Singapore is a good model, perhaps. But do you not also feel like the government needs to also have very, very tough laws in place? Absolutely. To start to stop coercion, collusion. Absolutely. Regulation, absolutely. It needs, to, absolutely. it needs to have a very robust court system in order to... <laughs> governance. <laughs> absolutely. Good governance. Absolutely. Justice is the, uh, the pillar of, of, of having good, good governance, good, good uh, government. That's how China got to where it is, right? I mean, they squashed absolutely. everything of that out. Singapore, exactly. Singapore, Korea. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I um, think it's ABC, ABC of good governance. I mean, uh, I, th th but this is a problem of, of nepotism that we have in this region because we come from a tribal society, right? But things are changing. I think uh, we should not always maybe perhaps blame blame our culture, but I think uh, people can transform, transcend their culture. People can, yeah, transcend, and people can change. We say the tahawulat uh, mm al-saqr, -hmm. the transformation of the eagle, eagle. Uh, change his uh, uh, feathers feather at some stage so do you do wh <coughs> what do you see the future of the middle east then do you feel the middle east is going to centralize la its labor force internally or do you think we're going to still be importing labor for a long time coming well i think i think the future um, hinges on how you think of innovation networks mm -hmm. and collaborative networks you need you need to think of a critical mass at science and technology, you cannot make a dent to science and technology unless you have your mission economy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You should not follow MIT or Harvard or Oxford. You need to have your own mission economy, mm. <laughs> mission for KAUST or uh, Abu Dhabi or Mazdar. You need to have, to have I, I believe <coughs> that um, European Union as a model, it's interesting to mimic in, in, in the region, in the Arab world. And interesting, okay. The Arab world need, need to think of because there is a governance model. There, it's, it's, it's maybe it's suboptimal. Some people will argue it's suboptimal, but at least there is a collective a regional integration approach for governance and for rotation of governance and for uh, European Parliament, European. I think we need to learn from the European model, although they were fighting in the Second World War, but they established what they call a community of coal and steel mm -hmm. based on common interests. Mm -hmm. And I think we have the oil, we have the human resources, we have different talents in the Arab world. So if you look for a commonwealth or a new, a new Marshall Plan for the Middle East, a Marshall Plan, which the wealth, there is, the, there is wealth in the GCC, if you can build this social contract like a different, a new model of EU based on equity, governance, human rights, prosperity, peace, uh, sustainability, mm -hmm. <laughs> again, we can build a, a model that is different from EU because it's founded also in spirituality and, and ethics and um, learning from the EU model and also the US. US is another... E, another it's a downstep of the EU model. Exactly. I mean, that's what the EU model is trying to do is to, to mimic to mimic the US model exactly. with a centralized government. So I think we need these transformative leaders, men and women. Women should be part of a key pillar of, of this... Uh, Interesting, okay. Because I think I look at Surat al-Nahl, Mm -hmm. 
سوره النحل فيرس 67 ل 72 ذا انسبيريشن فور انوفيشن كمز فروم فيميل بي نوت نوت ذا ميل ذا انتاير فاليو كرييشن اوف انوفيشن از كامينج فروم ذا فيميل from values of goods and services yes. absolutely i would agree Female. with that absolutely so i think the inspiration that i got from surah an-nahl bi bi surah al-quran chapter is women is a critic is, is a key pillar for transforming societies well they say that no every behind every powerful man is a woman yes but, and, but, but and behind that woman is his wife exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i think um Uh, looking at these regional modalities, it, for me, it's very inspiring because we see this complementarity this, um, between uh, natural capital, social capital, and financial capital, and the technology. And um, uh, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I agree with you to a very large extent. I believe that, that a system of model where, where you have a, a more centralized service and economy in the sense of that you have you have one one overhead government makes a lot of sense and it's federal, the future federal versus local and you have you have this type of checks and balances you have to have it yes i mean i mean you have for instance california can have different policy for climate change than texas absolutely that's fine that's, that's fine absolutely. but there is, there is checks and balances uh, the eu can i mean there is debate between eu between they have and they have nots but at least there is there is some sort of uh, currency one currency there is um, um, some economy there is some collective dream or collective vision i think the arab need to work on a collective dream a collective narrative mm. a meta narrative mm. where are we heading and unless there is a big dream a mission a big mission that is overarching that's a unifying dream uh, it will be hard for us to compel us for a, a brighter future i mean even in africa now uh, now they european uh, union exactly. absolutely african union absolutely, absolutely. they now the asian the asian country the asia uh, absolutely ASEAN. i mean uh, 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 i mean uh, china with silk road 2.0 now going to That's pakistan okay. and That's also okay. but but it, even even i think i think the complementarity kind of brings a lot of solidarity a lot a lot of <coughs> uh, i would say economies of scale and out of negotiating power actually with mm. europe with europe or china or because you are you have you're a block mm. people do not deal with us as a block they deal with us individually and therefore and that you are lost you can pressure. you cannot have negotiating power mm-hmm. simple abc of negotiation you also never really a world power unless you you're you come together that's also exactly absolutely so i think a part of part of the uh, transformational journey we need these transformational leaders who have a narrative that is compelling and has a, new, a unifying story that well if EU was able to do it if the US was able to do it why can't we well i think it's the same reason why south america can't do it Fine. <laughs> there's there's That's okay. no That's there's okay. there there are, but there are different i mean i mean i mean you can argue for yes and no but but i think if if you since there is a rational understand there is a critical thinking we can understand the underlying reasons try to overcome it and try to fix it no i'm saying from a geopolitical perspective <coughs> it's it's against best interests of the us to let south america absolutely, unify absolutely, right absolutely absolutely <laughs> and you could use that extent to with the rest of the world but i think if there is i mean now what's happening in ukraine it's an opportunity for perhaps to for Arab region to, to, to think a new narrative. Absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's an opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, Germany just came, went to Saudi Arabia recently. Exactly. And, and, and you can't you can build this complementarity with, with all the neighbor countries. I mean, not, not to mention, MENA region. 24 countries, 400 million people. We have more population than the US or Europe. Well, we have to keep our eyes open because we don't want to turn into the Congo. You saw how that happened in the 14th century. I mean, most of the resources were taken out of the country and then the country was left exactly to, to, to Mali, Mali as well absolutely Mali. and so we really need to have our eyes open and being like hey you know what not exactly. everyone has their best intentions at heart so. <laughs> unless you you you, you, care, you take care of yourself exactly no one's going to take care of for you absolutely mm-hmm. now I'm with you it's amazing how much we are on the same page <laughs> it's it's such it's so rare I, I've had over 60 interviews And this is one of the few times there's where, a clash of vision. Where, yeah, <laughs> there's always a clash of vision. Always, always, always. And I, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's just corruption of thinking. You know, people don't like taking personal responsibility. But I think at the end of the day, the time that we live on this earth is very limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unless there is 
a purposeful effort to make a difference and to make a genuine contribution will be uh, written replaced off. and written off. Exactly. No, I, I so agree. It's an, it's an, it's, I think it's a, it, it's a moral responsibility. It's a, I think part of the challenge is that still we do not have intellectual capital or political elite or intellectual elite as a critical mass to say, well, <laughs> well, where are we heading? I mean, there are, there are good examples. EU or US or whatever, how can we learn from them? I mean, if there are think tanks, mm. I mean, there's interesting story, a uh, quote which says that uh, the West colonized us through tanks. Yes. In the uh, 19th century, now they are colonized us through, th through th think tanks. Absolutely. But now I think we need to develop our own think tanks, to think of, think and do tanks, and to look for our own new new scenarios, new, new, new foresight. I mean, again, um, we need to do develop our capabilities for foresight and for imagining and reimagining the future. And that's part of the, it's an intellectual exercise. We, we are not stuck with day to day just to, to take, <laughs> to, to have our own meals. Mm -hmm. So unless we think beyond the time horizon of 50 or 100 years and imagine a new future, you can, if you, if you imagine it, you can, you can realize it. You need to set the targets. You need to set the targets, exactly. But do you think the bottleneck is that people have decision paralysis or they're worried about being infamous? It's a combination. It's, it's, it's very complex. It's a combination. I think it's a combination of both. Um, part of the education system, again, the colonizing of the mind. Mm -hmm. Part of the intellectual hegemony that the West is the, uh, the, the, the superpower, etc. But I think it's inability to think for, for our own interests, to think for our own collective interests. I mean, we're seeing it right now going on with Iran, with, with the protests and with the fighting on, okay. on uh, the woman in job. I mean, we saw it in, in, in the larger scope of Arab Spring, but I also wanted to talk to you about environmental aspects. Do sure. you really, I'm, I'm conflicted because when I look at the, the human condition, it's only our society is what, 100,000 years? You know, the world went through seven, uh, seven extinction cycles, right? If, if human beings disappear, the planet isn't going to change. It, 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 there will be something next, right? The, how long is a, a, a sun meant to survive? Uh, almost nine billion years. <laughs> we, yeah, so I, I, I don't mean to sound nihilistic, but does it matter in a larger scale? Well, I think uh, science matters. I mean, this is the debate between Philosophy skepticism. Well. Skepticism. I mean, people are some people are skeptical about science and policy. And I, I believe um, there are strong indicators from the scientific community that the climate is changing. There is, we are facing uh, biodiversity loss. There is um, waste generated. There is issues with desertification. And there's issues with climate change. Mm. Now, um, the critical message is how can you move from fatalism or conspiracy theory to rational, rational, under, uh, rational scientific reason. You, you mentioned this in chapter yes. two, I believe. Yes, yeah. the, three, the three domains. And in many cases, it's easy for the mind to say it's a conspiracy. I don't want to, to go. It was easy uh, to go for fatalism. I, I, I use the metaphor for Noah's Ark. Mm. You know the story between Noah and his son. Mm, mm, mm. When Noah, Prophet Noah built his ark, and he brought all species, all species to, uh, to be saved, his son refused. This is the generational dialogue mm. between the old and the young. He said, well, and the son has some justification actually, because he wants to go to a mountain. The mountain is stable, if you look at, but the sure. ship is in the water, <laughs> which is, this is the same debate between uh, the old and the new. Well, Absolutely. You don't understand. Uh, a young guy will tell his father, well, I don't understand a mountain is a mountain, simple. Uh, uh, it takes also a lot of belief to exactly. imagine that the water is going to rise exactly. above a mountain. Exactly. No, uh, it's a faith. It's faith. So, and the debate between uh, climate change is again the same debate between if we have faith and science that the ship will sink or it will be a Titanic, it will be now now a ship. We have either options. But to have a Titanic or to have a now 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 ship now ark. Again, part of the, the mentality of Sarab is this fatalism is that we are, again, since, since we are, either nothing will happen, I think conspiracy, or fatalism. I think we need to have 
to be in the middle and try try to have to uh, to adapt what what I call the rational scientific uh, reasoning. Mm, mm, mm. You you mentioned I think three types of minds. One was rational conspiracy and overly religious. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. The faith. Faith. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, again, about 95% there, but my, my problem, especially when it comes to modern science, is the level of corruption. <laughs> again, in, absolutely. In data. Yes. I, I, it, it was a couple of years ago, they, they had a fire, tens and tens of hundreds of people from Harvard, Princeton, um, and, and MIT, simply because they were taking money from private individuals in order to Al Gore, move the needle. Yes, Al Gore, Al Gore mentioned in his book, Assault and Reason. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that Shell, some companies like Shell, they are paying money for scientists to write papers about there is no climate change. Mm. Again, there is there is also a agenda. There is greenwashing, and there is also uh, again agenda for for uh, having poor science or pseudoscience. But at, at the end of the day, there is uh, again there is a consensus among among um, community of of scientists that the climate is changing. Uh, the uh, Things are, are not are, are not um, hap- uh, happening as as they should be, and we need to change. I mean, we, we need to change our consumption patterns. We need to change our <coughs> way of lifestyle in, in order to sustain. In Quran, there is interesting uh, verse which which can can also shed some light on human responsibility, and also some hope that things can change if we change our mindsets. In Surah Al-Rum, it says, "Dhahr al-fasad fi al-barri wal-bahr bima kisabat aydi al-nas." Liyadiqhum baad al-ladi amlu laalhum yarjoon. That said, corruption has uh, been in sea and land, land yeah. because of what we've done ourselves. Okay. And but we have an opportunity if we to go back to the normal. I think laalhum yarjoon means it's about rethinking, okay. revisiting. They will come back, yeah. Uh, to come back to your 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 sanity, and sometimes, uh, like uh, marahik, mature, uh, immature. I mean, uh, people at certain age, a teenager, still they want they want to try something for for the fun of it, right? Let's 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 take risks. Mm. But sometimes taking risks can can be costly. Can mm. can can you you can lose your <laughs> your fortune. The your opportunity cost by exactly. not making the decision of exactly. being renewable. Exactly, and there is also a cost of inaction. Again, there is mm. cost for inaction. Um, I think w- w- the key message, uh, it's about rethinking, it's about uh, there's a human responsibility that it's because of what people has made with their hands, mm. so it's purposeful, it's a purposeful action. And also there's that there is an opportunity for rethinking, revisiting, uh, reimagining and trying to regain regain the balance. Mizan. But uh, this is the, again we'll co- we'll have a little conflict here because I look at human history and I look at the planet how how it's been the last four point whatever billion years. Last ice age was a hundred thousand years ago. We're, we're due for a new for another event, right? If the if the temperature increases by two des- by two degrees over the next hundred years, it's going to be hot and unbearable in some places of the world. Yes. But in other places, oxygen level will increase because there's going to be more greenery, which in turn, which in turn will make us a more richer environment. I I, I mean I, mm. I, I see it from mm. I, I feel like this is my 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 problem with, with this debate often is that we're so stuck in trying to hold on to what we had. Mm. Well, you know what I mean? Yes, I think well this interesting quote from I think Ahmad Zaki Yamani, which he says, you know, ex ex opic uh, he said, Well, the Stone Age did not and because we run out of stones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to transform. We need to change our, our uh, how our economy That is. I agree with you, absolutely. That's transformation is par- part of the trajectory. So we, sh- we should not get stuck with the same economic model. So uh, fossil oil or, or uh, other, other, other uh, source of energy. But I think the, the, the key message is that uh, regardless of the impact, the total cost, where, 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 where the impact w- will be, whether it's North Pole, Africa, or, or Asia, I think we are engaged in the wrong debate on the climate change. Mm-hmm. The debate about climate change is not about numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not about CO2 emissions that it's 350 or 450 or two degrees. Mm-hmm. The debate should be about healing human civilization, healing the earth. That I agree with you, absolutely. So I think we, we need to shift the narrative from numbers to degrees or to a more broader 
perspective of how we can heal the earth. Because I think our role on this earth, we are not only consumers, we are stewards, mm-hmm. guardians, shuhada, mm-hmm. witness. So a gardener needs to take care of his garden. I agree. And so far, we've, we've really put it to exactly. shit. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think the debate should, I mean, transcend the idea of numbers and degrees, two degrees, to more of a broader context of uh, healing the soil, healing the oceans, healing the, the entire environment, because of everything in this earth around us is alive, articulate and intelligent. Even the atom, the electron. In mm. quantum physics, mm. they talk about the consciousness of the matter, mm. not in Sufism. And I know I know exactly what you're talking about. In quantum physics. I know exactly what you're talking so about. It's physics, it's not, not Sufism. So Quantum not, entanglement is the exactly. word. Exactly. Yes. I mean, the, the string theory or the um, convergence, emergence, and singularity. In quantum physics, they talk about the electron will change behavior if the observer uh, principle on it, yes. Yes. So it's, it's, it's interesting. And in Quran, we say, Everything, thing, shay in, in Arabic, shay does not mean an object, mm. an immaterial, a material, but rather shay means everything. Everything in a state of, is in a state of prayer and tasbih. Sujood, mm. in a stage of prayers. So if we hurt any species, a butterfly or uh, an ant or anything, any living species, you are hurting, you are silencing a community of worshippers. Mm. 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 So we are, we are living in a sacred, I mean, this t- idea of Newtonian view that we live only on, an op- at the center is the human and we are the master of the earth. We want to conquer nature. Which is ridiculous because you're part of nature. We are part of nature. Thank you. Mm. So we are part of of, of nature and we need to sustain, heal human civilization, heal uh, the planet because we are part of the planet. I I agree with you. I mean, when you look at fishes alone, uh, swordfishes uh, are are so high in mercury that it's 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 it literally it'll kill you to eat it. Absolutely. (laughs) I I mean, it it goes on, on on, for example, like cow meat, for example, has been pumped so full of, of uh, 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 hormones and with antibiotics mm-hmm. that it actually, it, it, you're, you're eating a sick animal and you're becoming sick from it. Exactly. Actually, it, in Quran, it says that, what, exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. It says a good city will have good fruits, good mm-hmm. uh, product. If it's polluted from GMOs or pollution or whatever, it will it will get you naked. Mean means it's upset. It's Upsets grouchy, you, yeah. whatever. I, I remember my 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 mother, She was over eighty when I used to travel in, to Europe and Asia and Africa. I used to travel <laughs> once a month. Uh, once you, a you month. She will scared tell her. Me, <laughs> she will tell me, she's not educated. She will tell me, please make sure not to eat uh, cows. Beef because there is Junun al Bakr. There's cow madness. <laughs> She's aware. She said, also, don't eat any uh, bird because there is flu. Flu. A bird flu. <laughs> <laughs> She's realizing, even when you travel, I mean, if you put what, what, what the key message, if you pollute your natural capital, you cannot live. You cannot eat beef or fish or. <laughs> or even vegetation. I mean, I, I, I love this when, when vegans come on and they talk to me about it and they say, you know, it's the right way, blah, blah, blah. And I go, listen, less than 2% of biomass is edible for human beings. Yes. There's, there's about 300 mushrooms that humans can eat. There's about 30,000 <laughs> mushrooms that will kill you <laughs> if you eat them. Well, you need to... it's, it's, it's amazing. And I mean, the, the way our eyes are, the way our teeth are, we're predators by nature. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. So Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's weird how people poison themselves on almost every level. We've got about ten more minutes left. I can't, uh, Dan, can you bring a cash? Yes. Uh, anything else you'd like to before we say? Well, I think uh, um, the journey of, of human civilization is founded on a balance. Mizan. Mm. Mm. Uh, I am part of uh, a group of authors with UNEP. Mm. 
were working on something called Mizan, a declaration for climate change. Mm. And in this Mizan, we talked about the idea of Mizan is not only within a human realm, but only with the cosmos. The entire cosmos, there is Mizan. There is a balance and harmony between mm. the galaxies and between, and also with human balance in terms of what, what's the social and economic domain. And <coughs> um, our survival in this planet is hinged on how we can maintain this balance, this Mizan. What we call the natural state, fitra. Mm. Fitra is natural state. So having more consumption or more pollution or more overconsumption is basically a disruption of the balance. So I think our survival hinges on maintaining this balance. I agree with the human condition survival is absolutely on us, but I think mother nature will always take care of mother nature. You know, I mean, wolves, uh, where was the, the Chernobyl, for example? Uh, we, we thought that there's not going to be any animals in Chernobyl. What do we find now? Wolves that are radiation, that, that have high radiation are resistant to it and are going about and nature has returned to it. So the only damage we're doing is to ourselves, but people but don't see sometimes it. Sometimes it can be irreversible. I agree. So that's the critical. I mean, I mean some parts in, in, um, in Central Asia, after the um, uh, nuclear experiments, the soil is, is not uh, useful for uh, cultivation. Absolutely. So it can be irreversible. So sometimes we can, we can... Bring it back. Well, we can carbon capture as well. Absolutely. There, there, there are all solutions, but I think we need to be responsible. We are stewards, not hunters. Mm, so mm. this, the metaphor of our sh shifting our role from a hunter to a gardener is critical for sustaining our human relationship with nature. But do you see it as a bigger issue because most eco most economies hope or work towards to have a surplus? And it's very, you cannot have every country in the world have a surplus. You need Absolutely. to also have a deficit, Absolutely. right? But Things trade, need to be purchased and sold. Yeah, but I think trade, I mean, people talk about virtual trade and uh, mm. energy trade. When you, you know, buy your, your car from um, Germany, you are actually importing energy. Mm. And when you ship wheat, to another country, you are shipping water embedded in embedded in food. Absolutely. So there's a lot of virtual trade and virtual energy uh, transfer between countries. But again, the idea of uh, global commons and global contracts and how we can reach this idea beyond the region, the eco region or the um, sustainable region with with the economic block, to also you, you cannot be also be uh, leave alone without a global collaboration as well. I'm with you, Habibi. It's been a pleasure. I would love to have you back on, inshallah. Inshallah. Sharafna. Absolutely. Sharafna. It's a pleasure.